Welcome to the Black Sheep Recovery Warfare Podcast, where it is our mission to debunk the lies of the enemy and announce freedom to those still lost in the darkness and addiction. Welcome to another edition of the Black Sheep Recovery Warfare Podcast. I am Brother Phoenix, and I am joined today with my brother from another mother, Brad. Brother Brad Hancock, welcome hey, to the studio. How Brad, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, man. Truly blessed. Man, are you, are, you, are you excited about something today? Man, I'm very excited. Very what excited. are you more excited about? Tonight, tonight, we are expecting a great move of God. We're expecting lives to be touched hearts to be changed and uh we have black sheet recovery warfare presents dj woo, woo. win dj win we have dj win in the studio this morning he flew in from florida yesterday and we did some uh some ministry last night in rankin county jail and i gotta tell you some lives were changed some some uh some men got uh got brought to the Lord and some seeds were planted and some seeds were watered. And, and man, I got to tell you, uh, DJ Wynn is, is a phenomenal human being and he's got a very powerful testimony that he's going to be sharing with you guys this morning. And we're going to talk about the event tonight and, uh, and, uh, we're going to talk about some other things. So I'm going to introduce you to DJ Wynn and, uh, DJ Wynn, the floor is yours. Man, that's a lot of pressure, man. <laughs> hey, how y'all doing today, man? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I'm just thankful to be here, man. Uh, all glory to God, man. And uh, yeah, let's talk about a little bit about last night, man. Yeah, last night that, was man. powerful, man. Yeah. yeah, it was such a blessing to go in there and just uh, when you walk in there, you can really feel the presence of uh, really like the enemy and like you know how how they're really like plagued with like you know demonic things and just different things that are on their mind and hearts. Mm -hmm. And to be able to come in there and, you know, spread the gospel and really just speak to these men and just know that they need it. And um, not only just in the jails, but in the prisons and in the streets, people just need Jesus. Yeah, and it's very important too, man. It's like because that, that particular jail that we went into last night, I had made many trips through there. And um, it wasn't until that last trip through there that I literally – uh, found myself at the bottom and uh, and committed myself to the Lord. I'd, I'd literally, uh, you know, um, had hit rock bottom, and um, you know, and I, I remember through, uh, throughout my period there it was uh, I met Aubrey Pridgen, and Aubrey Pridgen has gone into this jail, and he is he has changed thousands of lives and thousands. baptized thousands of men in this jail, and um, you know, I you know. I feel like, uh, you know, every jail and prison around the country should adopt this model that Rankin County Jail has. Absolutely. Because, uh, man, I got to tell you, when I was in there and uh, uh, before I'd met Aubrey or any jail, any jail I'd been in, I'm sure you felt the same way. It's just like, just like you said, it's like demonic oppression. It's yeah. like there's fights and there's, there's it's just, uh, it's chaotic in there, man. It's like a dungeon. <laughs> I mean, this is literally the place, the the main place in, uh, that, that men and women need a source uh, to tap into uh, to get connected with the Lord. Yeah. I think one of the awesome things that I really felt and seen, I think I shared it with you uh, last night when we left, uh, that you know, when we went into the, I think it was the second pod that we went into, and as uh, we began to share and, and uh, share the testimony, and then just to see, like, the Holy Spirit, like, you know the Holy Spirit was there, and then, like, all of a sudden, it got the the attention of the of a couple of young men, a few young men that was in the back. That I think when we initially came in there, they were like, "Uh, 
you know, maybe like, hey, these guys are coming to, you know, talk about Jesus or whatever, man. Yeah. But it's so it's so powerful that when we begin to share and begin to begin to speak, how you know the Holy Spirit was there and His presence was there Absolutely. because it draw them to, hey, man, I want to listen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's because me, it's it guys. So powerful. It's because it's because of you know it's it's guys like us that are going there with uh, with uh, sleeved up arms, tattoos, and and our our backgrounds. Uh, you know, our backgrounds parallel with theirs. You know, they can relate. They can relate absolutely. You know, they don't they don't particularly want to see the the clean cut. Uh, pastor coming there that's ne- that has never been through the types of things that we've been through so it, it, you know it's uh, every time I've done it or gone to a church or anywhere where I've gone to share my testimony or whatever um, I love it how you know when when you hit a point in your testimony where a light comes on yeah. you know and, and you can see it as you're looking scanning through the crowd you'll see a you'll see that attention focus you know what I'm saying and, and then you know that that light come on you know and that's what that that's when that Holy Spirit comes in, and it's like really exactly. getting in there. You know, that's my favorite part. And it's like when they when they look at me and they don't see me, but they see Jesus. You know what I'm that's saying? Right, man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I remember that moment. I, you know, it, when you were speaking about it last night, where you know you got them young cats in the back. They were in the cut. They didn't really want to come forward last night to join the rest of the crowd, but they were listening yeah. at the corner of their ears, and you know they were talking amongst themselves, and all of a sudden, when when about halfway through of what he was talking to them about, man, the Holy Spirit grabbed their attention, and I remember seeing the youngest one of them all look over, you know, and when he looked over, the others looked over, mm-hmm. and and that's the moment I knew that God was speaking to their heart. Right? Yeah, and, and you know, it only takes you know, it only takes like when uh, when I was in the pods and you know things like that. You know, everybody kind of has that when when the door swings and you see the those guys come in. I remember it's like uh, it's like uh, oh, I'm not gonna look cool if I go up there. I mean, I'm, they're gonna look down on <laughs> yeah. me. They're gonna make fun of me after they leave and this that, and another. But it, it takes just that one that you can grab that attention to get his attention and you can get everybody's attention. And then that's how kind of like, you know, in a, you know, that's how it just kind of drops. And it's like, then they got something to talk about after the, after we leave, you know? That's right. Like, yeah, man. Cause uh, it, it's, cool. it's funny you say that because it's like what I was saying, like, you know, we, a lot of times we don't step forward on faith because it's not that we don't want to, it's just that our pride gets in the way. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, so once you, you could break the ice and really, you know what I mean, the Lord starts working on one, like you said, one, and then it breaks down to all of them. So if all of them come up as a whole, then it's kind of like it makes it easier, you yeah. know. But a lot of times we're stuck in that place of pride, like I don't want to be the one to step forward. But in their heart, they know they want to, you know what I'm saying. And a lot of times, you know, we just have to swallow our pride and, and don't worry about what other people think about us. Don't worry right. about nothing. Amen. Listen, I need what the Lord has for me. And these men are coming in and bringing it, bringing you know it to us. So like, let me get what the Lord has. For Amen. Me. Uh, real quick, like uh, special shout out to my co-host Stacy Leggett. Let I said Leggett. She's gonna kill me later. Stacy Leggett. She's uh, she's tuned in. She couldn't be here this morning, but you you'll, you'll see her tonight at the event. Um, uh, also, uh, this is not your first uh, jail to. Uh, to walk into is is it well, your this, per- no? Actually, this was my first county jail. I oh, okay, to. yeah. I remember. Yeah. I think I remember you saying something like that last night. So you're used to going into the prisons, though. Well, I, I really, honestly, I I been going into like a lot of juvenile prisons mm-hmm. back home in Florida, and I recently went to my first adult prison maybe about three weeks ago, and uh, it was just so cool how how it all came about because I didn't really end up going in there through a ministry. Um, actually, my little brother was locked up in that prison at the mm-hmm. time, and he spoke to the counselor and was like, hey, my my brother, he does this or whatever. 
And um, she went and looked up, looked me up on social media, mm-hmm. and then she was like, "Man, she called me. He gave her my number. She called me, or maybe she got my booking number or whatever." And she was like, "I, I would love to have you in here." She's like, "We normally do stuff on like a weekday, but she was like, any day of the week, I want to make this happen. Come on. So Send me." Yeah, yeah. So we worked on it, you know. And the coolest thing is, I was able to go in there, set up my DJ equipment on the yard. Mm-hmm and invite the whole prison out to the rec yard. Oh, wow. Uh, And at least two to 300 men came out, you know what I mean? All of them necessarily didn't stand forward, but I know they were all listening, all seeing what's going on. I was able to DJ, have a a little fun with them through music, because, you know, music speaks. It really reaches people. And then to be able to share my testimony, uh, give away my books, and then do an altar call, that was my first time in that prison, and, and a man got healed. It was just so powerful, man. And, and uh, most of the men who wanted prayer were men that were doing life sentences that yeah. were never getting out, but they wanted prayer for their families. They wanted prayer for the for the their personal heart change. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it was really powerful, and it's uh it's crazy because uh a uh, rare breed uh he was on the the real Vita TV mm-hmm. uh podcast that goes into like five thousand prisons, and um he blessed me. He mentioned my name and was kind of just telling them how me and him got linked together. And uh, he was like saying, you know, that I do prison ministry, which I do in the juvenile prisons. But I feel like him speaking that just did a thing. And now all of a sudden, like I'm in the adult prison. You know what I mean? It's like, if you think about it that way, you know, that's so I was like, so now I've been going to adult prisons and uh, I just went to one before I came here, went to another adult prison and they want to bring me back and kind of do the same thing. So it's just powerful. And then, and me personally, it's like, you know, I know that my story connects with the youth. And sometimes we get in our own mind. Our flesh gets in our mind. And, and we're like, man, can I really go into an adult prison? Or can I go to a recovery center? Can I can I go do these things and share my testimony? Like, God, is this where I'm supposed to be? Like, can you really use me in this space? And I just want to encourage anybody who's listening, like, Jesus can use your story, no matter what it is, anywhere. So never put yourself in a box that you can't do something because it's not you anyway. It's God that's going to do the work. It's the Holy Spirit's going to do work. You have to step out on faith Amen. and understand that, hey, God, I am yours. You do with me what you want to do because when I get there, he's going to handle it. He's gonna do it. Well, let's uh, you know, uh, let's let's get into that. Let's get into your your story and your testimony. Uh, tell us where you came from and how you know what, what you went through, and and tell us everything that got you to that point, to where uh, you were you know called to speak in the schools and prisons and, and juvenile centers and things like that. Yeah, cool. So I'm uh, uh, originally from uh, upstate New York, Rochester. Man, I grew up in a. Uh, pretty much a single a single family home, you know, but my dad was in my life at a young age, but my mom and dad were deaf. They couldn't hear, so I learned sign language growing up. We lived in uh, lived in the projects. We were poor, a lot of abuse in the family. My, my, my dad used to beat up my mom and different things like that. And um, I remember us just being poor, you know what I mean? My mom was deaf. She was, uh, you know, getting a government check, and, and at the, it was like we, the beginning of the uh, month, we would have, like, a good good week of food, and then the rest of the month, like, we would sometimes literally eat, like, fried dough and sugar. You know what I mean? You whip up the the, the, the dough and you you put some sugar in it. You put it in the pan. And then other times we would be dumpster diving at night. Like, yeah. I remember, like, jumping in, in trash cans in the middle of the night and collecting cans and whatever we could and taking them just to be able to get a meal. So we just came from a real rough upbringing. And um, 
time went on, my my real dad uh, got out the way, and then my mom met my stepdad, and that was a not not a better situation. You know what I'm saying? So uh, my stepdad began to uh, you know sexually abuse me and different things like that, and he's the reason why I moved to Florida. So I moved to Florida when I was 10. You know, I've been in Florida for over 36 years. And uh, when we got down to Florida, it was more abuse going on. And then my stepdad began to uh, hang out with some even worse people and uh, began to, uh, you know, basically sexually traffic me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, with men and women. And it just was it just was crazy. You know what I'm saying? So you went through some trauma, some straight up trauma. Definitely, man. You know, you're sexually molested, sexually abused. And yes, uh, I mean, and uh, not only that, but extreme poverty. Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely that, man. And uh, I remember, uh, so I was going to the middle school, and I remember, like, so <clears throat> this ring of, of stuff that was going on, like, I, apparently my stepdad was part of a ring of this tra sex trafficking ring. And so when they got busted, it kind of, you know what I mean, they started investigating. So I remember they, they came to our school, and they pulled us out of school, took us to the uh, police station, and uh, that's kind of when everything came out, you know what I mean? And and I told my mom this was going on. And my mom came to the police station. But my mom at that moment, man, she didn't even want to believe, like, that that was going on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I remember her telling the people, like, hey, I'm going to go to the store. I'll be back. And, you know, she never even came back. So my mom, in a sense, you know, abandoned me. And she didn't believe, you know what I'm saying, what was going on. You know, several people, not to interrupt, but several people I've talked to that have, that have come out of sexual abuse and sexual trauma like that, all kind of say the same thing that either the mother or the father did not believe, did not yeah. want to yeah. believe that that was going on. Yeah, that seems to you be know? a pattern. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's very common to hear that, and I don't understand that. It's like, I, I know, you know, if... Uh, I know that if that would have happened to uh, one of my nieces or nephews or, or my daughter, then uh, I don't know. I'd probably be in prison for murder, you know? Yeah, no doubt. No yeah. doubt. So, you know, when that happened, I ended up in a foster home. And uh, I ended up living in a couple hundred foster homes between between 12 and 18 years old. You know, mm -hmm. I lived in a couple hundred. I used to run away. But in my third foster home, it was a lady named Irene Johnson, Ma Johnson, what we called her, and um, – she used to take us to church, old Pentecostal church. And uh, I remember getting saved in that church and, and, and giving my life to Christ then. And um, that day, you know, a seed was planted in my heart from the Holy Spirit, you know what I mean? And, and ever since then, you know, uh, so I would, after that, I got in more trouble. I was 12 years old, but I was saved, but I was running away, going to, you know, home to home to home to home. I was in the streets. I remember, like, I didn't want to be in a foster home. Like, see, one thing you got to understand, when 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 when, G when Jesus gives you that love, right, you really have to have true forgiveness in your heart. So everything that my mom ever did to me, I forgave her. Yeah. yeah. And that, that came from the love of the Lord. You know That's what right. I'm saying? And I tell people this because you only get one mom, and, yeah, our moms might not be perfect. And you know what? She left me at that police station. She pretty much abandoned me. She didn't believe me the situation was going on. But, you know, as I matured and got older, like, one thing that really came across, we don't know what she was going through. Yeah. We don't know the situations that was happening with her. So right. you have to have find forgiveness in your heart. And I just want to, before I go on my testimony, I just want to tell people, like, if you're having any, life is short. And nothing is guaranteed. And if you're if you got any if you're in a quarrel with 
a, a best friend, a family member or whatever, and you can get to a place where you can just have forgiveness for that person and make amends because sometimes we are losing people out here every day. And you don't want to lose a family member, a friend, or somebody that's important with you. You ain't, ha you don't got to be cool with them again. But just, you know what, make that peace. Get it off your chest that you know, like, I made peace with this person. You know what I mean? So I just want to encourage y'all to make amends with people. So here I am running away. I'm going home to home to home. I'm living in the streets. And I remember, like, I didn't want to live with these people. I was like, I'd rather go home to my mom. Like, you know what I mean? I know stuff wasn't right, but hey, you know, I know I love my mom, you know? So I would like sleep on park benches, you know, cause I was running away and I would sleep behind sheds and, and, and go to old foster homes and sleep behind their house. You know what I mean? And then when I didn't have nothing and I, and I wasn't making money in the street, so I was poor hustling, you know what I'm saying? Selling a little bit of drugs and stuff. And then, so I would turn myself into the foster home, stay there for a couple of days and then I'd be back on the run, you know? Yeah. So right about when I was like, Probably about 14 or 15, my mom did everything she she did. She came back in my life. She did everything the state wanted her to do. So I ended up living with my mom when I was about 14 or 15. But that only lasted about six months because by then I was grown. I was doing stuff that I shouldn't have been doing. You know what I mean? And I really had a bad influence. Like back when my stepdad was in my life and I was, um, you know, being sex trafficked and stuff like that, I was also introduced to, like, doing a lot of drugs. Like, I was drinking alcohol, you know what I'm saying, uh, you know, smoking, uh, you know, di doing different drugs and stuff like that because it was given to me at a young age, you know what I'm saying? It's like, and, and it's a sense, it's like, I really felt kidnapped for my life, you know what I'm saying? You yeah. know, I even had, uh, you know, like, drugs put in my food, poisoned, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, while this was going on. So, like, you know, that really... That really affected me for a long time, you know what I mean? So it's like, so when I'm out there and, and I'm living with my mom, I'm just a grown man now. I'm just, like, doing my own thing. I'm selling drugs. So I was just, like, not, like, a good person, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So my mom couldn't handle me. So I ended up back in the foster home until I was 18 years old, you know what I'm saying? Now, my real mom was in and out of my life my whole life. You know, I had a, a really great re relationship with her, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, I forgave her, you know what I mean? And that came from the love of Jesus. So I'm just living life. And in the meantime, I've, I've been DJing since I was a young age. Like, I, in 1991, I, you know, while I'm going through all this, I'm, I'm learning how to be a DJ. And I'm DJing in nightclubs when I turned 18, got my first job, and I'm just living life. But I want to tell people, like, one of the things that I used to tell other people, like, and maybe this might resonate with somebody that's listening and somebody that's watching, like, who you surround yourself is what is what you will become. If you surround yourself about with people that are doing positive, you're gonna do positive stuff. If you surround yourself by negative people, you're gonna end up doing some negative stuff. So That's I wanna right. encourage you, yeah. find some people that that you know that know the Lord, that are positive, that can pour into you positively. You know what I'm saying? Because me in a foster home coming up, like all the people around me that I grew up with, my best friends and stuff in the foster home, most of them are dead or in prison or they OD the drugs. You know, and I thank God that he gave me a spirit. It's only God. He gave me a heart and a spirit to be a leader, not a follower. And I used to tell them, listen, we all get dealt a bad hand at some point in our life. We're all going through stuff. But that doesn't, that, 
that doesn't mean nothing. We still owe it to ourselves as decent human beings to create a good life for ourselves, to be decent human beings in society. You know what I mean? So I used to always tell them that, like, listen, you can't be stuck on that. You know what I mean? Because they used to complain and be like, man, you know, bump the system. We're just going to get in more trouble. And I used to try to encourage them and be like, that's not the way to go. You know what I mean? So we have to look at life different. Yeah, two things my father and my grandfather instilled in me at a young age was show me your friends and I'll show you my future. And if you stir crap long enough, you're going to get some on you. That's good. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's and it's completely biblical too. And yeah. that's one of the main main things in recovery, just recovering period is 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 you are who you hang around. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs that that bad be not it, says, it actually says this. It says be not deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Amen. So it's like, so basically God's like, look, dude, don't fool yourself. If Eventually, if you hang around people that are doing the wrong stuff, eventually it's not going to seem that wrong anymore. Yeah, and I'm and sure that's happened to everybody it. sitting here in this studio this morning. I'm sure it's happened to everybody that's tuned in to watch on TikTok and YouTube and Facebook. Um, you know, So it's, that's something that you can take away from this show for sure. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah, so going back into it, so I'm, I'm 18 years old, uh, you know, I, I get put out put out back in the end of the streets, and um, I didn't know what to do. You know what I mean? Coming out of a foster home, you know, back then they didn't have any places for us to go, like yeah. some self, you know, some help to, like, you know, kind of like an out program, you know what I mean, yeah. to come yeah. out of prison and stuff like that. But this is a foster home. So I'm back in the streets, and I'm doing music, and I'm selling drugs. So I'm, like, one foot in, you know, trying to just do music and selling drugs, you know. But the Lord was always – always in me from that time that I got saved. I always acknowledged the Lord. I always prayed, prayed to the Lord, you know, through the dark, through my darkest times, you know what I'm saying? I always acknowledged him. So the Lord was always there. And so here I am just hustling and, and doing my thing in and out, you know, doing some stuff with music. And then um, there was a time where uh, I was selling a lot of drugs and a friend of mine called me and I ain't, I don't glorify none of the past. So I'm right. just try, going through my testimony. And then I remember uh, my homeboy just telling me that the feds was coming in time. Man, listen, you need to slow down on what you're doing. Go ahead and stop, you know, stop doing what you're doing. So I, I listened that one time. I don't always listen, but that's that's because I followed two people. Like I said, I've always been a leader, not a follower. But I followed the two times I followed people, it got me down the wrong path and some yeah. bad things happened. So I was just like, I'm going to listen this time. I'm going to listen, and I stopped selling drugs. I had a little bit of it, and I remember uh, I ended up getting robbed for the little bit I had, and I was just at a place like, man, I don't want this no more. So I had a conversation with the Lord, and, um, you know, I just want to encourage people, man, and tell people, like, I don't do religion. I do a personal relationship with the Come Lord on. Jesus Amen. Christ. Yeah. Right? It's, it, it's, it's truly, it's truly a personal relationship not religion, and so I'm talking to the Lord just like I'm talking to you guys right yeah. now. Yeah. And I just say, God, I don't want to sell drugs no more. I want to do positive. I want to do better with my life. So if you just allow me and help me just live off my music, I will give back. Now, think, this is, you know, this is just like I'm, I'm talking to God like having an agreement. I'm not telling the Lord, hey, I'm going to fully live for you at the moment. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm just yeah. saying, Lord, like, I know he's real, you know what I'm saying? I know he's real. I know he's been there in my life. And I'm just telling him, like, hey, let me live off my music, and I'm going to do positive stuff, okay? So I made a deal with him, and and, and that's what happened. So for, yeah. from, from around about 2000, 
2005 or so around that time is, is when this was going on. And um, I just began to just really chase my music career, really just push forward. And, and things started happening, man. I was, I was DJing all over the country, going on tours. I was on 10 radio stations, DJing all across the country. I was in every nightclub just really being successful. And I kept my word with the Lord. I've be, I been be, uh, started giving back to my community. 14 years, uh, did a, a turkey drive, clothing drive for the homeless. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just different positive things. And about 10 years ago, um, so my real mom was always in and out of my life. And about 10 years ago, so she would go to New York and she would come down to Florida and visit. And um, she was down here visiting a friend of hers. And I remember getting a phone call from my brother one morning that a mom got murdered. She was stabbed 13 times. Mm, mm. And um that 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 just changed my life. Like it really devastated me. Um yeah, it was crazy, man. It just was, it just really changed my life. And so for 10 years, I really dealt with deep, deep depression, deep, yeah. deep anxiety. You know, I had suicide thoughts. I mean, I just I just really didn't know what to do. You know what I'm saying? Like it really, really hurt me, man. And um so for 10 years, I went through a lot. And for the first four years out of the 10, I tell people, I was just numb to the world. I, I, I felt like I was floating. And if I, if I can explain it, I just felt like I was floating around, just not even feeling existent. And um, when I came out of the numbness, and it, amazing things was happening. I won, uh, I think, 20 awards in 10 years for being in the music industry. Wow. I started, uh, I got platinum plaques for working with a bunch of major artists. You know what I'm saying? I think I got about seven or eight plaques, gold plaques, platinum plaques, whatever. And but I'm getting all this while I'm, you know, dealing with all, yeah. you know, with yeah. all this stuff. And, so, and the misconception of all that is, you know, with all those accolades and all those awards and things like that and all that money that comes along with it and the notoriety, you would think, you know, like most people would think, you know, happiness comes along with that. But <laughs> yeah. Well, I wasn't happy because yeah. I was dealing with the, with the depression. You know what right. I'm saying? I was I was That's like right. held way down by 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 it. And um, so ten years goes by, and um, it's a uh, May of 2021, and uh, COVID kind of just was getting over COVID a little bit. It was coming back, and uh, like I toured DJ, I I was touring DJing all across the country. Um, and uh, we just did a little a quick little run through Alabama. And I was working for a label at the time, man. And I just remember uh, just telling them, man, man, hey, man, I'm 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 done with music. Mm -hmm. I'm done. We're uh, you know, cause I would go into deep depressions like Mother's Day. Then the month after that was when my mom got murdered. Then the holidays come and you start missing your family. You start mm -hmm. thinking about her. And then that would put me in a depression. And then, you know, uh, January was a birthday. And it, I, it was just a constant pulling myself out. It was like a roller coaster, having to pull myself out of it. Pull myself out. Now, this whole time, you know, I knew the Lord. And I'd pray and I'd, you know, Lord, God, Jesus is the only one that got me through. But I know there was a time that was going to come where I'd fully be living it for him because I used to go to church uh, in Georgia. I would drive sometimes to this church, and um, uh, one time a lady prophesied on me, and she said, one, one of these times God's going to, you know, you're going to be fully living for him. And I used to be like, okay, okay. Not that <laughs> I never didn't believe it, but it's kind of like when people prophesy on you, it's kind of yeah. get weirded out a little bit. I'm just saying you yeah. can. So I was like, okay, okay, you know, I, okay. And it came. It came in May, May of 2021, and I told the label people I'm done with music, and and by the grace of God, they supported me. Because a lot yeah. of times in this music industry, when you try to get out, 
People have attitudes. They don't want you to leave. You know, when you bring value to situations, mm-hmm. they don't want you to leave, and they feel like they're losing somebody. But they blessed me. They were like, listen, whatever you do, we support. So after that, for six months, I began to just really, I had already been going back to church. So I already kind of started getting closer to the Lord. And I just knew, you know, when the Holy Spirit pulls on you, you just know it's coming. Yeah. yeah. You just know it's doubt. coming. So I left that, going to church, praying for six months, really seeking the Lord, getting on my face, on my hands and knees, and praying and diligently seeking him, uh, feeding people. Out of my church, we have a community center where we feed people five days a week. So I would go there a few times a day, and I would just pray for people, and I just really seen what God was doing in me. And then uh, I met a man, uh, a friend of mine named Charlie, Charlie Rocket. He he came in in time one time, and he had me come, and um, he was doing, like, speaking. And uh, he came and, and had me come with him. He was speaking at this medicine place or whatever, and he called me down. And I, I didn't realize what speaking was, but this this guy, I was thinking he was going to talk about medicine. But he went down and he started sharing his testimony, yeah. and and it was just powerful. And then he called me down and made me part of it. I mean, I think that was a, like, turning point for me. And then I, even after that, like, the Lord started putting it on my heart, like, Go share your testimony. Start going to churches. You know, do it for the Lord. You know what I mean? And start going to schools and start sharing your testimony. So I had, like, one big tour I had to do with uh, on a, a Money Bag Yo tour. I was DJing for an artist that was actually on that tour. And then even in that moment, like, while I was doing that tour DJing, like, I was smiling, laughing inside every time I got on that stage because I knew this was my last yeah. one, and I knew what I was going to be doing for the Lord. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, as soon as I got off that, I put the flyer out. Within 10 days, a teacher hit me up. It was called the Great American Teaching uh, that they have every year. All the schools have it. Uh, I don't know if they have it here, but in Florida they do. And she was like, man, I would love for you to come speak to my students. And then I went there, and I spoke for like six, seven periods, and it was just powerful. And then from there... It just kept going on and on, and that's just truly the Lord. Yeah, it's and all God. I didn't. I was like, I was done with music. I didn't didn't have no urge to go back in the music industry. Like my heart was set on on this, and I thought that's what the Lord was gonna fully do do in me. So I just kept doing it, doing it, and then uh, February of 2022, my brother sent me this song from uh, the artist Rare Breed. Um. And he does country, Christian, hip-hop. God Twain. God Twain. Twain. Yes, sir. So he's something he don't understand, and I listened to it, man, and it just really resonated with me, man. So I hit him hit him up on uh, Instagram. It was like, hey, man, I when I hit him up, I had no intentions doing music. I'm like, listen, man, I just love what you're doing. Love your music, man. And he hit me back, you know what I mean? And we talked for like two months. And um, he uh, – he said, I had two book shows in Florida, man, at a church. He was like, I would love for you to come and DJ. I'll take care of you, whatever. And when he told me that, I was at like. At a church, DJing. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> I was like, me at a church DJing, I don't know how that's going to work because I'm a real high-energy DJ. Yeah. I like to, like, really turn up the crowd. Yeah. And yeah. I just, I would think, can I really do this for the Lord? Like, mm. you know. So I, I I stepped out on faith. You know what I mean? That's got the out thing. Of the boat. We, yeah, we gotta step out on faith. You know, I'm like, you That's know, right. let's uh, let's do it. So I went there, and it was so powerful. I remember the first night. It was during the day, actually. We, we, we was doing a youth night, but they had a few adults in there, and we're on this song. Uh, uh what's the song? Uh, I can't even think of the song right now. The song right now, man, it's so powerful. And 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 right now is like talks about standing in the gap. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And we're on that song. It's like the second or third song in the set. And I this is my first time DJing for him. So, you know, I'm trying to learn, like, you know, what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And listen, I want to tell you, man, we had to stop the music because people were coming to the altar, man. man. And the Holy Spirit was just Come dropped. Flooding in that place, man. And I was like, wow. You know, and I know what the Holy, you know what I mean? I've had a relationship with the Lord. So I was like, man, like, I've never seen nothing like this. It's so yeah. powerful. It's like when the beat dropped, the Holy Spirit dropped. <laughs> Man, it was awesome. So that that has kind of started our relationship. And then, um, you know, he loved what I did. I love what he did. We had two amazing nights. And he was like, hey, man, I'm going on tour all summer. Man, I'd love for you to be my DJ. Come and on. that's kind of how it started, man. And then so for six months in uh, 2022, uh, I flew out four planes every weekend know, from July, I think it was no June, June or July, all the way till uh till December, man. And it was just so powerful, man. Like what the Lord is doing in his yeah. ministry and mm-hmm. in, in his life. And I'm just thankful, thankful for him and thankful for that God connected us together for me to be doing it. And I tell people, I had all the money, I had all the jewelry, I had cars, I had women, I had whatever you can think. You know what I mean? Being in the music industry, I had all these plaques on the wall, and I used to idolize these plaques. That's what I lived for, mm. for my next plaque, for my next achievement in the music business. And six months with touring with him on the road, all that went away. I began to, my plaques began, began to be, hum, like, can I lead somebody to Christ? Yeah. Come on. That was the accomplishment. That's what filled me up and was more satisfying. That's more I precious was, and platinum, man. Yeah, because I was at a place in my life where I felt empty inside, the God hole. Nobody could fill that hole but God, yeah. but the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I tell people, six months of touring with him, seeing what the Lord was doing, being part of his ministry, outdid 25 years in the music. Praise business. God. And like, when I talk, tell people this, only Jesus could do that. Only him. Only, only God. Only him. Only he could do that, man. And so I've been touring with him for uh, about a year and a half now. It'll be almost two years coming up. And uh, we did two tours last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's kind of how you guys got on. Yeah, to yeah. yeah. You, y'all right, y'all uh, played at the uh, at the Grace Church. Now, I wasn't there. Um, I, I had a, a ministry retreat that weekend, but Brad was there. He could talk more about that. Yeah, yeah. I seen y'all guys come out, man. And even before y'all came out, like, I tell you, just this part of Mississippi, pretty much all. I'm pretty sure many, many other places love what y'all are doing, love rare breed, you know, and we follow y'all, a lot of treatment centers do. And and we, uh, man, you know, when I seen y'all come out and I seen the Holy Spirit move, I'm like, man, we've got to get this guy back here. You know, we've got to see what, see if we can, this needs to happen as much as we can possibly make it happen, you know, and, um, and uh, touching back a little bit on your story, man, I, you know, a lot of our, we might have some listeners out there, a lot of our people out there, man, maybe new or a baby, and their faith right now, and they really kind of want to step out on faith like you're talking about. And from the time, you know, was there ever moments in in that season of change in your life to where you went from being a, a secular music DJ to walking away from all that to where God has you and what he has you doing now? Was there ever moments of doubt? Was there ever moments of, like, kind of persecution you went through? Was there any I kind mean, of- yeah, I, I just I, – well, first of all, just, just my uh, – Posting on social media, man, just I call it waving the Jesus flag. Like, yeah. I just started really yeah. waving the Jesus flag. And I thank people that even if some 
people that know me for 20 years know that I've always had God in my life. And I always was the influencer of just telling people about God to, you know, mend their relationships with yeah. their mom and, you know, God loves you and stuff like that. So I, when I look back on it, I, I was always kind of doing that. But I think when the majority of the people, when I started waving the Jesus flag, because that's what I call it, that they just thought that, oh, he found the Lord and he had this dramatic, you know, he, he's just found the Lord all of a sudden. But to be honest, I, I it, this was a 30-year process. Yeah. This is what God was working in me for 30 years. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But when it happened, it just happened like that. Yeah. It just flipped because when you make that decision to say, Lord, I can't do it my way. I don't want to do it my way. I want to do it your way. And when he does that work in you and you have that full heart change and you decide to live for the Lord, I, he did it instantly. I didn't want nothing to do with the, the secular music. It, it's amazing what uh, the you know, which you know, going back to what you were talking about with going in to do your first DJing into a church. It's amazing what the Lord is doing uh, here recently because I remember you know coming up in church. You know, it was you know the hymnals and the choir and things like that. And uh, for me, that was kind of stale i'm not gonna sugarcoat it i'm not gonna <laughs> yep. lie i couldn't get into it you know i'm a i'm a gen x 90s grunge rock dude you know i wanted music like that i would have you know uh welcomed that back then back in the 90s and early 2000s things like that and now as of late um you know there are multiple uh genres of music that are welcome into the church now and it's just sure. blowing my mind the the outpouring of the spirit that's on these these artists now and today that are that come from those secular genres that are that are uh, applying that to uh, to to the to the Bible and to the uh, to the Christian community. Yeah, yeah. I just want to tell people, like, you know, when you start walking with Christ, you know, what I mean, it, 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 the, the walk. Well, first of all, the walk with Christ is not easy. No, it's yeah, not always if, rainbows if, and sunshine. If you go to church, and you know, you 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 pay your tithes and you, you know, maybe you do a little bit of serving at the church and all that. Like the enemy's okay with that. He's okay. When you, when you That's go right. to church, it's when you're out there trying to really spread Jesus on a daily basis and you make him number one in your life and your priority. That's when, when things get rough, but I want to encourage, encourage people just to step out on faith Amen. and understand that his plan is bigger than our plan. Always. And we might not know what it looks like. So it's like when we're walking in Christ, it's easy for our flesh and, and thoughts in of our mind. That's why you got to hold them thoughts captive. That's right. And you got to trust in the Lord because it's not easy not knowing exactly what he's going to do. And the way we think he's going to do it, it's never going to be the way it is. Never. And then when it happens, you're like, wow. You're like, wow, Lord. Like, look what you did and how you did it. Like, with me, I... Didn't think I'd be back in music. But mm. look what he did. He took everything that he taught me, took everything that he blessed me with, because it's his It's his blessings. It's everything he showed me in the music industry, everything that he showed me in my life, every piece of it. It's his. Mm. He instilled that in me. And he said, look, I'm not done with you yet. Listen, you're not done with music. I'm going to put you exactly where I need you to be and where I want you to be at. And he put me in rare breeze life to be a small part of his ministry yeah and and look 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 what he did i mean you couldn't and, and besides that you couldn't tell me 20 years ago that i'd be going into county jail sharing my testimony that i would be setting up all my dj equipment in the middle of a yard in a prison yeah and sharing my testimony and 
doing an altar call and leading people to Christ. You know, I remember, uh, you know, all those times that I was in jail and I was locked up and those guys would come in to talk. And I, and I always paid attention. And I always kind of, you know, I always kind of had that tug toward the Lord. I, I'm like you, 30 years. It was a 30-year process for me. I, I, you know, I always had the Lord, but I was in rebellion from him, you know. So, like, when those guys would come in, you know, by the end of it, I would be thinking, Man, I want what that dude's got, man. Yeah. I want to, I want I want to be the guy that's coming in here and and uh and and and, sp- and spreading that light and, and spreading the word. I mean, one day and now look, but look at what God be doing. Now you know, God doing be doing it. stuff and now I get to do it. And I, you know, and that's real, man. I mean, it's like and uh the persecution comes along with it from it the does. enemy. Like sometimes and and as of recently too, man, I get the enemy in my ears like Man, there, you know, nobody's going to watch this. Nobody's going to listen to this. Who's going to listen to you? And I'm like, man, sh- devil, shut up. Get up out of my head. Come on, <laughs> Lucy, get up out of here. Right. I'm stampling on, you know, I, I got authority over you, you know, to trample on, you know, all that. So, Hey, yeah. man, yeah. One, of the, one of the things that I learned early in my walk, because, I mean, I'm only, like, fully living for the Lord for a couple of years now. But one of the things I learned early, and I thank God for rare breed, you know what I mean? Yeah. He gave me this book. It's called Rooted. Because a lot of times, when we get on fire for Christ, we're just running and running and running and running. We're like running the race. But it's more important to run the marathon. And he gave me this book, and he said, man, read this book. It's very important to be rooted, have a great root system. Because when you're running for Christ and you're just on fire for him, You don't want to be running the race. You want to run the marathon. You want to have longevity in Christ. And you see a lot of new believers come to the Lord and they're on fire, but they lose that fire and they end up going back into the world because they're running and running and running and they're not staying rooted into the word, staying rooted in Christ. You have to build that strong rooted foundation in him and understand that, listen, Take your time. Do what you got to do. Yeah. Be obedient to the Lord, but don't burn yourself out. Yeah. And that was one of the things that that really helped me. And I don't think that – I think if I didn't have that help, I might have got burnt out really, really yeah. fast, you know? Yeah. Real quick, uh, let me give a shout-out to Klasma Hakma. Uh, she is uh, watching the live. She uh, commented. She said, your testimony is ground-shaking. Thank you for sharing your personal life with us. And uh, we thank you for tuning in watching. Thank you. Yeah. And I, touching back on what you say about getting burnt out and stuff, you know, there's, I believe I'm in a season of my life personally right now where God is dealing with me on that. And, you know, we read the scriptures, we read the the parable of the of the sower where the seed was f- fell on this ground and fell on this ground, fell on this right. ground, and, and how each one of those seeds, either only one of them produced fruit and the rest either got snatched away this way or that way and and man, it's easy. It's easy to where you, you develop, I believe, what they call Mary and Martha syndrome. Mm-hmm. You know, it's where you're more worried about doing than you are just being in Him in the moment and learning from Him. Sometimes we need to just seek Him in that secret place. I mean, yes. we need to seek Him in that secret place all the time. But sometimes we need to seek Him, and sometimes just be still. Yeah. And wait for him to give us that confirmation, to give us that word of what he wants to do yeah. next. Right. Something I stand on is uh, uh, seek ye first the kingdom of the Lord and kingdom of God, and all those things will be added unto you. So it's like as long as I keep my eyes on him, man, you know, um, all that other stuff that, uh, that he, you know, that as long as it's within his will and it's what he, you know, what he agrees with. It's going to come. It's going to come. It's going to come. And it's all on his uh, 
Perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah. I always say this too, like, God is always doing work in us as we seek him. And, yeah. and we're always going to go through a se- different seasons. Yeah. Dark seasons, stressful seasons, sure. whatever it may be. But I I love that. And it's crazy to say I love that, because, but it's not at the same time because I know when I'm going through something that he is doing the work in me. Come on. And when I come out of this, he's going to make me greater. He He's allowing it to happen because he's doing a work in me That's right. that I don't even understand. Yeah, no, you get what I'm saying? I re- I recently just got married, right? About almost uh, eight months ago. Yeah, tell us a little bit about your family. Man, I, I got this amazing wife, man. I love her so much, man. She knows the word so good. She loves Jesus, man. She has a heart to right. do, Proverbs do ministry, man. man. She is awesome, man. Like, honestly, she is truly my rock. She encourages me so much in the Lord, and she's always giving me great wisdom, man. And um, it's just been a blessing, man. And um, But at the same time, it's been tough, you know. She, she has... Uh, I came into a marriage. She has three kids. I came in just being a single man for 10 years. And, and to make that marriage merge, it's, it hasn't been easy. But let me tell you something, man. There's been times where I've been through the fire. And, the, and that's the season I'm, I'm in now. And I just came out of a really, really tough season coming off tour. Because um, I actually literally got married, went on tour a week later. Oh, wow. And then and moved kind of all at once. You know what I'm saying? Pressure. pressure it's been tough i just literally have been coming through a season but i know that god is going to use this season of me being married to help other married people get through some things when i begin to start having a testimony and she starts sharing her testimony about it and um i just i'm learning so much about myself and it's really made me question myself to be like who are you like are you like yeah 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 who are you? Yeah. Is this who who you are? It's like a lot of dying to self. Yeah. And honestly, it's been powerful. It's been, it's a lot of pain. It's been a lot of hurt, a lot of trying to get through it. I mean, sometimes I cringe inside like, man. And even the small things, you know what I'm saying, that I cringe about, I'm like, man. But God, I thank you. Yeah. Because the work he's doing in it is just so amazing, man. And I'm just thankful for my wife, man. Like I, I love her so much. And I, he, he could have never gave me a better wife. He Amen. blessed me with a, an amazing wife. I'm so thankful for her, and I'm thankful for the kids and the family, man. And I'm, I'm even more thankful for, like I said, the work he's doing in me. And you know, when I was on tour with, uh, with Rob, uh, the first tour I did, uh, when I was on that six months, like. God put it on my heart to uh, uh, tell my story and write a book. So as I'm writing the book, I didn't even have a name for it, but as I'm writing the book, it dawned on me that in every moment of my life that the Lord was there. Come on. And that's how I came came up with the book title name in every moment. But the book is awesome. It's amazing. I want to definitely tell people about it, but that's not why I want to share. I want to tell you, when I was writing that book, he was tearing walls down. Come on. I can never sit here and tell you about me being sexually trafficked. I can never tell you about me being sexually abused the way I was. It was embarrassing. But he broke them walls down inside of me. He did it. He did a work in me because I. he knew that I needed it. And he knew that people needed to hear that. 
You know what I'm saying? And it was just so powerful. So writing that book, as I'm writing it, he's breaking down the walls, breaking down the walls, breaking down the walls. So we have to understand that we're in it when we're in a tough season, that we have to trust in him. And we have to stay in a place of repentance constantly, too, because we don't got it together every single day. We're not going to be perfect. And that's what I want to tell, like, anybody who's following the Lord. Listen, if you're in a rough spot right now and you're not, you, you, you don't have it all together, it's okay. You don't have to have it all together. I don't want you to think that because you don't have it all together, like you can't still be used by the Lord. Amen. The Lord wants to use you right where you're at, right in your situa situation, right what you're going through. He's only going to use that to better you. And yeah. it's very important to stay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I also went through a season of, of pride and not having humility. And I feel like the Lord really humbled me recently, man. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it was powerful. I needed it. I needed it. And uh, can, I, can I share one of my favorite scriptures with y'all yeah, real man. quick? Please, Listen, please do. I'm, I'm learning it, man. So this 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 is uh comes out of uh Psalms 51. It's like one of my one of my favorite scriptures. I have many favorite scriptures, man, but uh it's so important. It's uh Psalms 51 and um Really, it's a whole Psalms 51, but I'm, I'm going to just read a little small part of it. It's on Psalms 51.10, and it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, mm. and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to, store me, restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me by your generous spirit, and I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. Come and on. like I'm in ministry so I'm 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 constantly repenting and want to stay at a place of humility. I want him to create my heart, renew my heart, make me more like him because I don't never want him to take away what I'm doing for him Come on. and how I'm walking with him. So I just want to encourage people, man, to stay in a place of repentance, stay in a place of humility, to stay in that even even place. And and listen, God loves you. Jesus loves you. And no matter what situation you're going through right now, give it all to him. Trust in him. Be obedient to the Lord, man. Amen. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, going back to what you were talking about earlier, you brought a couple couple copies of your book today. You want to tell us about a little bit of history on the book and a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's called In Every Moment. I don't know if y'all can see it on the page. It's called "In Every Moment" by DJ Win. And I'll just I'll just read the back, man. And um, in the back it just says, "In every moment." This book is not about my. This book book is about my testimony, but ultimately it's God's testimony. Yeah, we all have testimonies to share, right? We all have a testimony, but ultimately it's His testimony through us. That's right. So it's His testimony through me. I said, my journey will show you that during every moment of my life that Jesus Christ had his hands over it. This book is aimed to inspire and motivate, but also guide those who may be lost in life. And as they, as you read this, as you read along and understand my story, I pray that you find comfort in knowing what Jesus has done for me, he can do for you. Because what he's done for me, he could do for you. What he's done for you. Because I, I, I've been around you guys just not even 24 hours you guys got powerful testimonies, man. And the same way he changed your life, same way he changed my life, he can change the life of anybody. 
and he can use other people just like he's using us. Amen. But we got to will it, be willing to want to be used. We got to be, you got to have that heart first and foremost to give your life to Christ. I tell people, I can sit here and t- talk about Jesus all I want. Yeah, It's you, it's your heart. That's right. It's your heart change. Yeah. And know that he will forgive us for our sins. That know that he died on the cross for us. He shed his blood. And he rose three days later. He, yes. he did it all for us. But we just got to know and believe. You know? Mm, that's right. Wow. That's deep. Thanks, man. We sure do appreciate that. Um, so uh, let's talk about the event for a minute. Uh, Brad, uh, I like I, I I love how this how this unfolded and all this came about. Um, you know, uh, the Black Sheep Recovery Warfare is very new. We're only about twelve episodes in. And uh, Brad, if you'd like to share how all this with DJ Win came about, and you had the idea and everything, give us a little. Okay, so I I just want to throw this out there. I'm not Mr. Hollywood. <laughs> I'm just rolling with the punches. But I'm going back to what you said. I'm just being obedient yeah. to the Holy Spirit. Okay, God, whatever it is, whatever X is, whatever situation it is that involves me saying yes to you, being obedient, and you being glorified through it, that's what I'm going to do. You know, so I remember when you guys came out, man, and I remember seeing, seeing such a powerful move of the Holy Spirit there. Okay, if I see God doing something, and if I see God moving that way, I want to to do whatever I can or get involved in any kind of way to produce that or you know, it's him producing it, but to, to, to be conducive of that again, you know? So I was like, man, so I reached out, shot a couple emails out. I'm like, look, I really don't know what I'm doing. So I shot an email out and, and I was walking around, uh, I was at work actually. And, um, and my phone rang and it was you. (laughs) And, and, you know, I told you a little bit about what we're trying to do and, you know, I had never done this before and, um, and, and it was great and slowly, but surely, God started putting all the pieces together. You know, I immediately called you afterwards. Uh, financially, we got it together. And and it just ended up being this great thing that, that we're believing is going to be a major move of God tonight. Yes. The Point Church. And and it, and the way it just came together was only a God thing. Yeah. I mean, yes, sir. Down, to, down to the church, down to the treatment centers coming, down to the ranking county and the trustee, down to every detail of it. Because like you said, God's in every moment. You know, down to every little detail about everything that's going on right now, I know it was of the Lord, you know. Because I, I have, I've never done any of this, you know. So, but all it takes, God doesn't call the able, he calls the available. You know, he just calls the guy, he just calls the guy that's going to say yes. You know what I mean? Yes, God, here I am. And he's going to work out the rest, you know? So I'm very thankful for you coming here. I'm very, very very honored that, uh, that that God has, has given me the privilege to be involved in something like this. Yeah. And, uh, real quick. Um, so the event is uh, tonight at five o'clock, five o'clock. Uh, uh, we, uh, Road. Yeah, uh, we'll have uh, little, little Bryce. He's going to start off uh, with a little acoustic set, and uh, then uh, Giving Grace doing praise and worship. Uh, I'll, I, John Gallagher, will be your first speaker. I have something big, and <laughs> don't ruin all. I'm the not. I got a big, you know, something a big surprise for everybody in attendance and watching on YouTube and uh, Facebook, and uh, then. Uh, uh, again with uh, Giving Grace, they'll take the stage again. Then Bradley. 
Hancock will share his testimony or give the word, whatever he decides to do. And then DJ Wynn will perform and do his uh, testimony tonight. It all yeah. starts at 5. Uh, we have ch- uh, free child care, and uh, we we can't wait to see everybody tonight. So uh, but real quick, uh, Brad. And I just, I just want to throw this out there for everybody coming to the event, for everybody that's interested in coming. Come with your heart prepared to hear from the Lord. That is what all of this is about. We love the music. We love what you do, Wim. We love we love the testimonies. And everything is about, um, about giving glory to him. But first and foremost, come ready to receive what God is trying to give you tonight. Yeah, come expecting yeah. something major to happen yeah. in your life. Because yeah. the Holy Spirit, I just know the Holy Spirit, the presence of God is going to be in that place tonight. And, um, Lord, we just ask you to work through us. Work through us and do what you do, man. And uh, I'm excited to actually play some music. So, listen, if you like some good turnt Christian music, and I, I'm i going to enjoy doing that part as well as sh- sharing down. my testimony, man. <laughs> and well, real quick, before we sign off, I have some gifts for you. Okay. Like hey. some gifts. First, uh, I know you're a huge fan of Kelly K. Oh yeah, <laughs> so we uh, we have uh, his uh, forty day devotional. Awesome. Uh, think about that for a minute. We tried to call him before. Yeah, my brother was supposed to send yeah. me. I had actually sent him a copy of my book, and he was supposed to send me a copy of these. But hey, you know. Well, what? now he can just God send. Makes he, a way. He yeah, he, he can Jehovah send. Uh, he can send yeah, your copy of me to replenish my stock. And then we would like to welcome you to the Black Sheep family. By and uh, since uh, you're just going to be a huge part of the, our first event, and hopefully every future event coming up that we plan, we'd like for you to. Uh, be an honorary part of the team of the Black Sheep Recovery man, Warfare hey, Thank you, man. That's a team. blessing, man. Welcome to the family. We're putting this on today. Yeah. I appreciate <laughs> and, you, man. Uh, and, That's a uh, blessing. Brad, we are the 99. We're, we're, we're the 99 chasing after the one. That's right. Hit my music. <laughs>